The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by the Mobile legend, my boy Blake Lane. And we are fired up tonight to talk a little spring football, man, a little switch up from the basketball that just ended the baseball. And who better than to do it? Y'all know him. Get your weight up. Mr. Ike Jones is in the building. Ike, <laughs> holler at the people. How you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good, man. Just trying to uh, avoid getting my son screaming in the background in, in the show. But uh, everything's well, man. I am. I'm definitely excited to uh, to get in here and talk a little ball with you guys. Um, it's going to be a good time. No, don't worry about that, man. Uh, Blake's daughter's featured in many episodes in the background. So <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, man. It's that streamline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all good, man. Everybody with kids understand it. Um, but yeah, man, just uh, been a lot of crazy storylines coming out of spring. I know uh, we had that scrimmage Friday and your boy Mike G posted some of the some of the things that he saw. Jar Puzz with a big run. And so let me let's be clear, because I don't want to get us in trouble. Not things he saw. He was not there. We didn't there okay. was no media allowed in the building. It was just reports that we got out of because I don't again, I ain't trying to get nobody in trouble. <laughs> Mike G was not there. Someone reported to him, and then we reported those findings. So let's just be clear mm -hmm. about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got you. Um, but one of the things that really is striking me, man, I know this will kind of Blake, I'll kick it over to Blake. He wanted to holler at you about was just the dude, it's every day I hear a different quarterback did something. And uh mm -hmm. it just kind of seems like okay, one day it was it was Holden struggling. And then all of a sudden Holden did his pro day and he got off. And then it was Robbie has a day. And it sounds like TJ's been pretty consistent. When the last time me and you talked, I basically just wrote TJ off. Um and now all of a sudden he's back in this thing apparently. So uh we'll kick it over here to Blake. I know he's got some questions for you about quarterback. Yeah, I man, uh I, I first just wanted to ask you about TJ and you know everything that he went through last year. Um and how was the team responding to him, uh, him deciding not to hit the transfer portal? That was uh, a big deal to me. I, I said it last year uh, that it just stuck out to me that he could have took an easy way out. Instead, he chose to stay. He chose to uh, battle and compete. And uh, how are some of his teammates reacting to him? And, and apparently uh, he's doing a hell of a job. Yeah, I, I think uh, overall from from the the folks that I've talked to, the reception inside the locker room is pretty good about TJ. Mm -hmm. um, the a lot of the people who would have had issue with things that TJ has done and or said are actually no longer on the team, right? Like I think good. the only people who maybe would have had some direct issue would have been like offensive linemen that would have been blocking mm -hmm. for him, and most of those guys aren't here anymore. Um, so that's not an element of kind of locker room chemistry that you'd have to worry about. The next level of that is going to just be kind of some of the guys as far as wide receivers. He didn't throw any of those guys under the bus. Right. So mm -hmm. the the relationships that he had with those guys are still pretty strong from what I understand. Um, and then it's a new coaching staff. So he's he doesn't have to, like, repair any damage with a coaching mm -hmm. staff. He's really just kind of starting from square one, gotten a fresh slate. Um, so. Overall, I think within the locker room, for the most part, right, there are still some people who have some issues with C.J. Finley, and that's just that's understandable. Um, but for the most part, I think that he's fine inside the locker room. I think the, the perception with the fan base is worse than the perception inside mm. the locker room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I uh, that that's really what I was looking for, man, because, uh, you know, that 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 social media, it can be a terrible place sometimes, sure. man. Uh, but, you know, I saw a tweet the other day uh, from Robbie and and he said that we're just having fun, man. Uh, what has Hugh done to uh, just just 
the the atmosphere around the program and just uh, the practices and the little bit of the media time that you guys get to see. Uh, what is it like around Auburn football now? Well, I think the energy is definitely up in the building. I think one of the biggest things um, as a difference between the previous coaching staff and this coaching staff is uh, guys don't, by and large, feel pressure when they make a mistake. Mm. Correction is still there, but they don't feel scared to make a mistake. Um, they feel like mistakes are okay and we'll get through it. We'll, we'll coach you guys mm. through that whole situation. Um, I do I do suspect, however – that the quarterback room is going to start feeling a little bit more heat as we start to progress, as we get closer to fall. Um, but right now, I think everybody's just in a mode of we understand it's new. We understand it's fresh for everybody. So you're in a learning mode. So it's OK to make mistakes while you learn. Um, but at some point in time, training wheels are going to come off and you're going to have to figure this thing out. Um, and I don't think we're quite there yet, but I do think we are quickly approaching that point. So the third guy, I uh, Holden, man, uh, everybody goes just ballistic about the pro day that uh, he was just out there throwing darts and everything. Uh, and then you hear some stuff that the practices haven't been going that great. And then he comes out after pro day and, and has one hell of a performance. Uh, what is what are some things about Holden, man, uh, that are going down at practice? Yeah, I think the thing for Holden is really just confidence. Right. Yeah. I think that people forget that it's a real thing that the speed of the game is going to be different from high school to college. And despite him having gone through uh, last year, he didn't get any game snaps and he wasn't getting first or second team reps. He was getting some second team reps after the injuries happened. Um, and, you know, the, the one game he got in in Missouri, if you go back and you watch that tape, he did look like a freshman. Right? He yeah. looks like a guy that kind of deer in the headlights, like he made some completions, but he didn't look comfortable out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that, if you were to encapsulate that Missouri performance, that's really what the first couple of weeks of spring camp had been like for Holden, where it's like yeah. he's still looking like a freshman. He's grown up and he's matured physically a little bit more, and mm -hmm. he's still just as good an arm talent as he's always been. I just think that he's he's needed some time to get adjusted to the speed, and then it's a brand new system. So you couple the speed of the game being quicker and the system being different. Like if he was in second year, same system probably would be a little bit further along, but he's having to adjust. And I think he's, he's um, embracing the challenge. And I think that pro day actually gave him a little confidence. Mm. Well, I, man, uh, going out to receiver, um, you know, I, I think that is one position that Auburn has struggled at over uh, the past couple of years, man, uh, what is the receiver room looking like uh, and and who are going to be the big time playmakers so far this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the receiver room's OK. Um, mm -hmm. I've I've always been a fan of the talent in our rooms. I just don't know that we've been accurately utilizing that talent. Mm. What we've been missing um, in Auburn has been like a go to guy, right? Like that mm -hmm. one surefire adjust the defense has to tilt in in his direction receiver uh seth williams probably was the closest we've had to it recently i don't know that we've established a guy in the room yet that's going to be that dynamic camden mm -hmm. brown has shown really well in the uh spring so far and he's been a guy that's been very physical at receiver and shown the ability to catch the 50 50 balls and really just kind of be a a, a big target for his quarterbacks um I think I, I'm a big fan of Jay Fair. I think his aptitude for the game is really high, um, and he is one of the speedier receivers. And you need a guy that can take the top off in the type of offense that Hugh Freeze wants to run, Philip Montgomery wants to run. You need somebody to make the defense, to threaten them over the top. Him and Javarius Johnson, I think, are going to fit the bill for this team um, as far as the players that we've seen thus far. And then 
uh, for if, if I were to, you know, because we're going to run a lot of three receiver, four receiver personnel. So um, if I were to toss out a three group, it would probably be Camden Brown, Jay Fair, and then it's going to be a mix of Coy Moore and uh, Omari Kelly, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Martiner probably rounds out that group as another guy who's going to rotate in. And then you're going to have Javarius when we get into um, as far as Jay Fair and that inside receiver, or if we go to a four um, receiver set, you'll probably see a lot of um, VAR in that situation. Mm, love that, I Man, um, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, before I kick it back over here to Dustin, man, I just had this one to ask you, uh, our, our secondary, man. I'm extremely excited of what this group can offer. Uh, I know the guy right down here from my area, Mr. DJ James, mm. uh, and I saw he had a big pick the other day in the scrimmage. Uh, can you just talk about this? And and uh, I know Jalen bumping to safety in the middle of last season and just uh, the potential of this entire room, man. Yeah, I'm listen, there's so much competition in, in the defensive backfield. I I don't know that we could trot out a two deep on that that I wouldn't be excited about. I just mm-hmm. I just I think that there's that much talent in that room. Um, you know, DJ James, I think, is the clear leader in the room just because of uh, you know, his performance on the field thus far and his uh seniority. He's he's earned it on the field and he's good, right? Mm-hmm. There's just no mistaking about uh DJ James' ability to play the outside corner. Um on the other side, you know, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett is still there, still getting a lot of reps. Um, but newcomer KN Lee has has mm-hmm. impressed a lot of people with just he's, he's just a ball player. So he's just out mm-hmm. there competing really hard. I think that he's going to have some opportunities. Um, and then when you look at nickel slash star slash slot corner, whatever you want to say there. You're going to have guys like Keontae Scott. Keontae Scott's going to get some looks on the outside as well, but uh, he's likely going to be playing a slot corner position. J.D. Rim is out there competing really hard. Um, And those are probably the most frequent names that I've heard, right? Um, But, um, again, the room is so talented that I Mm -hmm. would not be upset at anybody that we tried it out there. I wouldn't think to myself, oh, my God, not this guy. Like, (laughs) all of these guys are going to be amazing at whatever they're doing out there. I love that. Dustin, man, what you got? When you talk about Kay and Lee, Ike, is it a stretch to say that we'll start the season off with two freshmen starting on defense with KN and Keldrick Falk at the edge? Because I'm hearing that Keldrick's getting off too. Uh, That's a good question. I don't know if they're going to start. I I do think that they're going to get significant snaps. Um, If if the season – so I I like to answer questions about if the season started today, right? Because there's a lot of time between now and when we first um, hit the field in the fall. If the season started today, I wouldn't put my money on either of them being a starter. Um, I do think that both of them have an opportunity to be in the first two deep rotation um, mm-hmm. at whatever position they're in. Um, I would still give a slight edge to um, Elijah McAllister on the the Jack position, that edge slot um, in that room. And I'd still give the edge to Pritchett right now um, at that corner spot. If again, if the season mm-hmm. starts today, but, um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see either of those guys mentioned in the two deep, if the season were to start today. Um, so uh, it's it's a good sign to see the the staff that we currently have has done a good job of identifying guys that they want to bring in that they feel like fits what they want to do um, because that's important. It's not just about bringing talent in; it's about being bringing talent in that fits your system or fits the scheme of what you want to do. Um, and it's good to see that we went out and we got a guy who we feel like is going to do well in here, and they're showing the dividends are paying off mm-hmm. early in the um, spring. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they continue mm-hmm. to progress. Well, those are two guys. I mean, you flip KN from Ohio State and then you flip 
Keldrick from FSU, like, and who does that in two or three weeks' time, right on the job. So, just speaks again to like, you got to crush recruiting, bro. You got to yeah. get in there. I mean, I, I preach on this podcast that that's where you win these games. You got to get in there, living rooms, and win. And just, uh, I'm sure we all saw the video the other day of uh, Hugh that the Auburn Twitter put out of Hugh with Prince coming back from the Eagles, mm-hmm. and it was like just in that little 20 seconds that you can just see, man, like how people gravitate towards you. He just has that personality where it's like, damn, you just, I want to play for this guy. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm excited that you get, you know, in there flip Keldrick, like you said, right now, probably already on the two deep. Something that stuck out to me about defensive line was three foot 10 or th- 310 pound. Jeffrey Emba mm-hmm. is moving over to uh, edge or not edge, but the defensive. defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. It, it and me and you kind of talked about where he was going to fit last time in this Ron Roberts scheme. What do you think about him over there at the end? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, let's talk about what that is in the scheme, right? So defensive end is just really kind of the opposite side from that jack, right? So you have a rush end and you have a defensive end. It's still kind of a D tackle in most uh, three down Mm -hmm. situations. You're going to have your nose, you're going to have your defensive tackle, which is going to be usually the guy between your nose tackle and your jack. And then the opposite end, uh, which is not your rush end, but the defensive end on the other side is going to be the DN in that scheme. Um, and that's where Jeffrey uh, Emba is playing right now. Uh, and I think this is a good fit for him just because of his physicality. Um, he is, he's still got a lot of work to do. You know, people forget he hasn't played a lot of football in his life. Right. Uh, but physically, he's just, he's just a guy, man. He's just a dude. So you, yeah. you want to find a way to get guys like that in there and let them take their lumps. I think that's a a big thing too, that um, I want a lot of people to be aware of and have a little patience for is we might play some guys that are inexperienced and they're going to do inexperienced things because you need them to get reps to be able to be better. Um, And so they're going to go out there and they're going to play people with talent who might not have played a lot of football um, because you need them to be out there and, and improve themselves. And there's not, you can simulate it all you want to until you're out there in the game. It's just not going to be the same. And Jeffrey mm-hmm. Emba needs snaps. So hopefully he'll get his opportunity to get those snaps coming up here. in in that first couple of games where we're hopefully to so this, this has been a, a, an Achilles heel for Auburn the last few years, last two years, specifically the games you're supposed to go out there and kill people and then <laughs> get all of your people who've never played time in the second half. We haven't had a big enough lead. And so they end yeah, up not coming know. in until like end of the fourth quarter and the, the snaps are going to be limited. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we go out Great there point. and we absolutely obliterate the first couple of people in the first half of the game. And you get an opportunity to work some other people in for those snaps early in the season. The Georgia state and San Diego states of the world. Yeah. Listen, man, <laughs> we, we've, we've got to figure out how to be better at they they don't have as much talent as us, so let's go show it on the field in the first half of this game, and then let's get some other people some snaps. But that's a lot of that is not again. It's not about talent. It's about how you go out and execute, and we just have not been executing uh, particularly well um, early games the last few seasons. Yeah, uh, another recruiting win, buddy, was Robert Williard flipping him from Alabama. What are yeah. you hearing about him? Because linebackers wide open. Yeah, I mean, so I haven't heard a ton about Robert Woodyard other than the fact that he is as advertised physically. Like, he's a big guy. Like, we yeah, um, we were on our show the other day, and I pulled up a um, – it's a graph. I mean, it's really just something I reposted from the Auburn site. But just looking at the linebackers all at one side, and I was just like, yo, Robert Woodyard's a big dude. Like, yeah, he's big. Um, but he is – he's shorter – but he's size-wise the kind of plugger that you want to be right there in the middle of your defense. Um I don't know where if, you know, 
going the whole if the season started today rotationally where he would be. I don't know mm-hmm. that he'd be in the two deep right now just because I haven't heard a ton about the linebackers. I've heard some, you know, things here and there, and I do have some more digging to do as far as the defense is concerned. But um, physically, he's got all the tools. Uh, this defense is tough on linebackers, though. I'll say that. Um, mm-hmm. Ron Roberts is a linebacker guy by trade. Um, Aldridge, you know, the linebacker coach was a defensive coordinator and an interim head coach. They're going to be out there and they're going to ask a lot of the linebackers um, to make sure that they're doing the right things. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see the progression of him in a what I would consider to be a slightly tougher system. Uh, I do think last year's scheme was tougher even than what we were playing under Kevin Steele. Um, but I think this system is a little bit more complex as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he's able to progress in that system and and start to play more instinctively because he has the physical tools to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's coming into college. What was a torn ACL? So that's, right. a, that's a that's a tough way to start it off. Yeah. Another big uh, another guy you talk about talk about big boys. Uh, Avery Jones I actually mm-hmm. sat next to him at Baumhauer's a couple weekends ago. Went up for the baseball series, and uh, he had no problem putting down his plate, buddy. And uh, you just <laughs> did a watch the film on him, and yeah. uh, kind of tell us what we can see on this guy. And is this is this a guy that can come in right away, coming out of the group of five level, and plug in and, and lead our line? I think so. I think he has an opportunity to do that. Unfortunately, the guy who would have probably pushed him for that a little bit and Tate Johnson has gotten injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and But a- Avery Jones, I think he fits the bill. Um, you know, we like you said, I just did a film review on him last week and I didn't see anything in that tape that I disliked. I think he was where he needed to be, did a good job of communicating in the, um, the film that we watched. Uh, you know, he's a solid contact guy and uh, he finishes plays well. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what he's able to do in a system or not should, shouldn't say in a system, but in a um, in a conference where the athleticism is going to be elevated because that's that's kind of the biggest thing with those guys. Um, you can see somebody flash on film maybe for one game, but can you yeah. endure that week in and week out when when every dude that you're going against is high caliber, right? Mm-hmm. Like not a one game sample size where you had mm-hmm. to put your best face on because you faced the one power five guy you were going to go against all season. But right. like literally, hey, man, you got to do this multiple games, game in and game out, and then take the best shot from somebody else who's jumping up against you. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to to do that physically throughout the, the season. But he has the tools to do it. You think Connor Lou slides in there to the number two spot? Uh, Connor Lou, man, I listen, he is he's doggish. And you mm-hmm. can't you, you can't ever if a guy is going to be as physical as he is um, and uh, he just seems to love football. I'm never going to count a guy like that out of being able to get in. Like I said, I think the guy who I would have put there would have been Tate Johnson um, just because I think he's a he's done a good job of being a really good vocal leader. Um, and Coach Hugh mm-hmm. even said so himself. Um, and those are the kind of guys that you want to be at center, the guys who are going to bring everybody together because they're the glue guys on your offensive line. Right. Um and so I think that he's got an opportunity, though, Connor Lou, to, to get in there. Um, I want to say, I'm trying to think who else have I heard is playing center. Uh, I only want to lie to you and just throw a name out there. But, yeah, I think he's got an opportunity for sure. Uh, Tate was getting run at the, with the ones, right, at guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he correct? was getting guard rotation correct. Okay. Well, that sucks. He gets hurt when he's having a good spring uh, kick. Yeah, I mean, he's a guard naturally. Like, the only reason he was even getting uh, moved over to center last year was because of injury. Uh, So guard position is what is more natural for him, and I think he would be better at guard than center. Um, But, you know, yeah, unfortunately, the elbow injury has him out. He probably will not be there for the remainder of the spring. So That sucks. 
Um, have you watched any Walker White? I know recruiting tapes kind of hard to get a hold of. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched a little bit. I mean, it's been highlight stuff. I, I like yeah, what I've seen at him. Strong arm. Um, he the the only thing that doesn't have me like jumping up and down about him is like I don't think the competition he's going against is particularly yeah, sure. great. Um, so like seeing him like escape the pocket and and run past people, that's not super impressive to me because it's like oh, I mean, I, those dudes like they're in the eighth grade. Like I don't even know. <laughs> Yeah. If that translates anywhere. But what I do like about him is that, you know, he he seems like he has the arm to make all the throws necessary on the field. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think the the ability for our offensive line to progress in the next year is really what's going to be determinant of whether or not Walker White's going to be successful at this level early and how how early he plays. That's yet to be determined. But still, right. um, I think he does have an ability to be a good quarterback because he has, and, you know, I'm using this word a ton today, but all the physical tools necessary to do it. Well, the intangibles seem to be there, right? I mean, oh, yeah. he's getting out there. He's recruiting. I've seen him on multiple interviews now. Well, way better, well, you know, well spoken than I was at 17 years old. Yeah. Like the kid's got a good head on his shoulders. So I think from that standpoint, we don't have to worry about any of that. He's going to be in the film room. He's going to be putting in the work. He's going to be, as Hugh says, the list. He's not going to be on any of these lists. So um, yeah, I think that's one, honestly the one of the bigger things for your quarterback, though. Is yeah, just for sure. Are, do they have the ability to galvanize other people, like bring other people in and say, hey, let uh-huh. me, you know, I want you guys to come play. And it seems to be working. He seems to be having a camaraderie amongst mm-hmm. some of the people who are in his uh, recruiting class. And um, and that's a great thing. That's a good start to a class that's going to come together and be able to bond quickly. So hopefully uh-huh. we'll be, continue to see that. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's important. We've seen in the past where like last year's class, we struggled to get a quarterback. We didn't even have a quarterback until the very end. We end up getting a guy that Hugh has. He's bringing from Liberty. Um, So it's important now. And you're going to see how I mean, didn't we start the year last year? Didn't we start the season with four commits? Was it four or two? Do the four or two? I think it it was two. I think yeah, it was two. <laughs> we 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 already got four, and we have we're not even at a day. We're not even at big yeah. cat yet. So, um, we're definitely we're definitely back up there with the big boys and taking a step. And uh, the last thing I got for you, Ike and Blake, I wanted your answer as well on this is now that we're you see these visits, you see all these guys that are coming in, top player in Mississippi, top player in Florida. We just got uh, depending on where you look, either one or two top running back in the state of Alabama for the second year in a row. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, Cadillac gets his guys. Um, and, and Blake, I want your answer as well. And I'll, I'll give mine first. Is there, is there a prospect out there right now that if the recruiting genie just came to you and said, Hey man, you can have this guy, who would it be for me? Uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna, it's close with, with mm-hmm. Cam Coleman, but I'm going to say Jonathan Daniels, the six, five, 290 pound tackle out of my hometown here in Pensacola, Florida on three has him as the number one tackle in the country. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you just when you went up front, bro. You went up front. I just watched a great back and Tank Bigsby struggle for three years, and yeah. I I don't want to see guys like Damari and Jamal and J- Jamal Cobb and Fat Burnett. I don't want to see if these kind of guys go through that. So to me, it's about starting up front. Um, and then I can play. What do y'all think? Uh, I mean, you you can't go wrong with an offensive lineman. I can't think of what the guy's name because I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't follow recruiting super heavily, but um, he's a guy. He's an edge player though. Um that I was looking at the other day that was on the board. Uh, but oh, you just want because attack edge. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that that's a, that's a room that we don't have mm-hmm. enough suddenness at where you just have like, to me, I, you know, echo Leota is kind of a perfect example of a guy who's just physical, but super quick, right? Like first step, 
and and we don't have that this year to be honest i mean mm-hmm. keldrick falk you know has all the makings of that but he's still got some stuff that he needs to do to get better with his hands um but you just want a guy who just just doesn't feel blockable around the edge on third yeah. and seven plus and mm-hmm. i think if we can find some more guys like that who can just be absolute terrors off of the edge your defense goes from you know middle of the pack to menacing in, in a in a really quick because you, you have to adjust to that guy every single snap um but yeah you can't go wrong with a, with a talented offensive lineman either so dustin mine will be uh perry thompson the wide receiver mm-hmm. from foley alabama uh six three 200 pounds uh big boy yeah can absolutely go get it man uh we know what foley high school has produced uh that one went to the University of Alabama and and become <laughs> one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I, like I said earlier with Ike, Auburn, in my opinion, just hasn't had that guy at receiver. And if you can go in and get Perry to flip from Alabama, uh, in which he has come out and said that uh, Hugh's <laughs> making it hard on him, uh, I, I think that could be your guy, man. And, look, if any re- receiver is out there, uh, and and you're thinking about coming to Auburn, look at what Hugh Freeze did at Ole Miss with wideouts. Uh, we can go we can go on down that list and what he put in the NFL. So uh, it, that would be my guy, man. Yeah, I hear you. If we somehow are able to pull off him and Cam Coleman, and my thing with Cam Coleman is this is a kid in your backyard, and you go you fly across the country to Michigan for Darius Clements a kid a receiver from Michigan, you don't land him. You got Phoenix city kids in your backyard. Let's just lock these guys up, man. We bring these guys in and we're, and we're good to go. Which I wonder if Darius Clemens is regretting that decision right now. Darius, <sighs> holla at your boys. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> yeah, he didn't get a lot of burn. At, you know what I'm saying? He didn't get a lot of burn last year. So <laughs> tough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ike, man, I, I got to ask you one thing, you know, uh, before we, before we get out of here and everything and winding down, um, you know, Fat, he committed the other day and, and uh, big time, big time get for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the running back room? We know that we got Jarquez, uh, but just what is behind Jarquez and what does the future look like for this room? Uh, listen, one of the more solid rooms on the team right now mm-hmm. has been for a while. Uh, listen, Cadillac is amazing at bringing talent into yeah. that room. Uh, you know, like you said, Jarquez Hunter right now is the consensus number one guy just based upon what we've seen on the field from him. Um, and Brian Batie, though, listen, he led the nation last year in all purpose yards. He's going to be a guy who can come in and he can contribute immediately. I think that there was some concern as to whether or not he was going to physically be able to to deal with an SEC skit. And we'll see. Right. But yeah. listen, it's not because he's not going to be tough. It's just going to be about whether or not he's gotten the right opportunities to do that. Um, I'm a big fan of Damari Austin, just the way that he works and his attitude. I think that he is a super talented kid that's going to come in. He wants to be great. And I think that's where a lot of people like that's where greatness kind of starts. It's kind of your desire to be great. Damari Austin absolutely wants to be great. And I'm looking forward to seeing him do great things. Um, and, you know, not yet in the room and actually contributing um, is the, the kid from Montgomery Catholic. Help me out here. Um, the freshman. Jeremiah Jeremiah Cobb. Jeremiah Cobb, right? Jeremiah Cobb is going to be uh, an exciting athlete to see there. Um, Sean Jackson's still there, right? The, he mm-hmm. was um, previously a walk-on. Um, he's still there in that room, and he's still going to be a big-body um, guy. And with them going and getting a guy like um, Burnett, I think that that should be, if I, if I were 
Sean Jackson, I'd be encouraged with them going and getting another big body back because hmm. that means that they have a space for a big body back in this Good offense. Point. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much he's going to see the field in front of the three names that I just mentioned. Uh, be- just because uh, Jarquez Hunter is such a physical runner that even though he's not big body, he runs yeah. a lot bigger than he is. Um, and you already have your change of pace kind of guy with Batie, and then you've kind of got your intermediate guy because Austin runs pretty big as well. Uh, he's he's a little bit more shifty than uh, Jarquez is, so he's kind of like in between the two. Batie super shifty, Jarquez super mm-hmm. physical, um, and and Damari's kind of like a mix of both of those guys. So um, I think that the running back room is solid. Like love it. We love we have. It. I don't think we'll have any issues with talent in the running back room. We'll just need to be able to block it up. Yeah. So, I man, uh, you know, I know you mentioned uh, Cadillac, and uh, I'm I'm 32 years old, man, and and that's pretty much what I grew up on yeah. uh, was Cadillac and yeah, I went and to school running. with Cadillac, so yeah, <laughs> uh, that 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 was uh, that was my my memories back back in my childhood, man, and uh, you know what we saw him do at the end of last year, uh, and just you know I, I I put out a tweet and I said in my opinion he saved Auburn football. And I want to look just into the future, man. You know, when Hugh, when he has his day where where he calls it quits uh, at at Auburn University or Auburn decides to move on, however it happens, man, uh, what is the possibility of Cadillac becoming Auburn's next head football coach? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I mean, I would love to see it happen just because I, again, we – you, mm-hmm. We saw with our own eyes what happened the last yeah. four games of last season. So you can't just erase that from your memory as if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about on our show uh, on the weekend tailgate recently about how I feel like Cadillac is embracing the idea of being more than a running backs coach. Yeah. Um, prior to what happened at the end of last season, I think he was just committed to saying, I'm going to be the best running back coach mm-hmm. that Auburn could ever imagine to have. And he's done an amazing job at that. But I think seeing the opportunities of being more and embracing that opportunity and really kind of I think he kind of fell in love with it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I do think that that's something he's going to aspire to. And hopefully he continues uh, to to gain whatever knowledge is necessary to run a program, because that's really the biggest thing for him. It's not whether or not you have the X's and O's right, because a lot of head coaches aren't really great X's and O's guys. I think that's kind of overrated as long as you can get good coordinators. It's really about how well do you do all of the things to manage the people. Mm. Um, And that's, I think, where Hugh Freeze shines really well, is he manages the people really well, and Cadillac just needs to kind of understand how to manage the people a little bit better, Mm -hmm. understand what his schedule is going to need to be in order to be efficient with his time, because there's a lot of stuff that's going to be thrown at you. you. And then – managing an effective recruiting program, like not just being a lead recruiter, but being a guy who can manage Mm. an effective program that understands how to do roster management for multiple rooms that you might not be familiar with. Um, So if he continues to grow in that vein, which I think that he is consistently taking on that challenge right now, he absolutely could be a head coach. The question is going to be whether or not Auburn is going to trust him as a first time head coach, whether or not he's going to have to go somewhere else and coach before they'll say, Hey, let's bring this guy in. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case because I don't want to have yeah. to lose Cadillac for a couple of seasons before he comes. Yeah. Back. Love it, man. I absolutely love it. Dustin. Uh, I just to follow up on that and then we'll get, we'll get out of here is uh, I think that's a good possibility though. I think the Cadillac opened some nice yeah. eyes nationally and I wouldn't be surprised if, if something didn't work out with uh, Mr. Dilfer at UAB or uh, you know, 
guy at Troy's. He's going to be well sought after. They have another good year. One of the spots like that opens up. I definitely could see Cadillac, Cadillac slide in there getting the job. Um, unfortunately, I think that's going to be part of it. But I, I do think after what we saw, um, he'll be he'll lead us one day. Hopefully, it's a long ways away though. Hopefully, Hugh has 10, 15 years, and uh, you know we put up one of the. Yeah, you know, we bounce back because I, I mean, was it? It's nine straight years of at least four losses. I mean, I'm sick of this shit. Mm. Yeah, mm. same, same. I can't say that it's been fun for me either. So, yeah. Well, uh, Ike, man, look, we uh, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, and and uh, we just wanted to give you the floor, your final thoughts, man. Plug your show with the War Report for uh, some of our listeners who might not know you guys. Yeah, man. If you if you aren't familiar, the War Report is everywhere out here. Um, uh, you know, it is W A R R A P P O R T War Report. Um, you can follow me at T W R Ike Jones on Twitter. Uh, but we're everywhere. Um, YouTube primarily. We're on podcast as the Auburn Express. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's our podcast that we put out there, so you guys can listen to us on Pod there. And uh, yeah, man, just talking Auburn sports and mostly football and basketball. We'll dabble in some of the other stuff, but mostly football and basketball. A lot of great information, good times, good laughs, uh, a lot of stupidity. But, you know, hey, we having fun. Love it, Ike. Dustin, I always let you get your final word in, man. What you got? Uh, we did it earlier on the baseball podcast, so we'll let Ike get in on the fun. One final shout out to uh, Nate Oates and the Alabama basketball team uh, on your tournament run, uh, you know, <laughs> T's and P's. I hate that that happened to you guys and you still haven't made a Final Four. Uh, to quote the goat Ike here, you're broke and you're ugly. Hey, mm. it is what it is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate each and every one of you for joining us tonight. We will always leave you guys with a war damn eagle and we are out of here. Peace. <laughs>